0: Hello everyone, so here is I Remember You by Yersha Sugardotir, Part 1, Chapter 17, I hope you are going to like it, so let's get started, Chapter 17. The clouds all seemed to have given up at the same moment, probably from the weight of their burden. One minute everything was calm and the next the night air was filled with heavy gusting snow. It swallowed every sound, muting the babbling of the stream and the rush of waves at the seashore. This transformation did not make them feel any better, although initially it had been a definite relief to lose the surrounding sounds and the need to start an alarm every time they heard a creak in the rickety house. It did not help that the windows were all boarded up. Meaning they were now entirely deprived of two of their five senses, making it difficult to know whether someone was outside. I want another cigarette, Liv was restless, passing her index finger through the flame of a candle standing on the old dining room table where they sat. She had found an open pack of Winstons in the kitchen and taken one to the noisy protest of Catherine, who did not want to steal anything from strangers. It was bad enough that they were burning down one of the candles that stood in low copper holders here and there throughout the house, and there was an overwhelming likelihood that they would continue to do so until only the stumps were left. Their urgent need, however, might justify the theory, unlike leaf smoking, a bad habit that she should long since have given up. Do you want to go and have a look with me again? No, Katrin certainly was not going to start doing Leif any favors after she had run off and left her alone to face what was hidden around the corner of the house. In fact, nothing had happened. After making his threats, the owner of the voice had disappeared, leaving Katrin sitting there trembling to her marrow in the silence of the evening next to her until Gardar came running to her with Liv at his heels. Liv had stumbled into his arms as she fled up the path, meeting him on his way back to them with the kiss. Panting and breathless, she had told him what they had encountered, and he ran ahead immediately to find Catherine, unsure what he would encounter at the doctor's house after hearing Liv's description. When it became apparent that Katrin was unhurt, he strode angrily and resolutely around the corner in the hope of finally catching the delicate child and giving him a thrashing. But there was no one there, which was no surprise to Katrine. The boy had left some minutes before, and since he knew the area a thousand times better than they did, it was useless to try to go after him. Nor did the darkness offer much opportunity for heroic deeds. I don't understand how we managed to forget to bring candles. Kardar had been muttering this same sentence at regular intervals ever since Liv had set eyes on them. I swear I must have forgotten candles even existed when we were buying supplies. Please come with me, I cannot go alone. Liv to back her hand after forgetting what she was doing and passing her finger too slowly through the flame. She shook her finger and stuck it in her mouth to cool it down. It is definitely warmer there than here. It was ice cold in the house after gardar had satisfied himself that no one was hiding along the side of it. They had been so frantic to shut themselves in that all of his suggestions that they make one trip together to fetch firewood fell onto stony ground. With the snow falling, it was pointless to talk about dashing there and back, even now that they had calmed down a bit because none of them was particularly good with directions, and there was a risk of them getting lost and dying of exposure. Now they sat there in their jackets and sweaters with sleeping bags round their shoulders, patting themselves to keep warm. Katrin actually found this difficult since her body was so sore it could barely stand the abuse. I don't want you to take any more of those cigarettes. How would you like it if, if someone broke into your place and stole your facts? I would not give a damn if I were coming home after being away as long as these people. Cigarettes get runned when they are left like this with the packet open. They are barely smokable now, let alone in the spring. I'm actually doing them a favor. Leif reached for the pack lying on the table between them, took a cigarette out and acted as if she were smoking it without lighting up. If there were not so few in the pack, I would encourage you to take up smoking with me. Katrine did not feel like replying to this and Gardar seemed absorbed in a stack of books standing on a shelf on a nice looking sideboard. They were mainly about the reason, the history, geography, people, and tradition of the West Resorts. Kartar had wondered aloud whether they should put together a similar collection for their guests in the future. Katrin had clamped her mouth shut but had longed to shout that it would never happen. They would never return here to complete these renovations if they made it home at all. She watched him as he peered at the small print, trying to keep out the little light they had to see by. He turned the page. Anything useful there? She asked. Gardar looked up from the book. Yes, I know, I was hoping to find something about the houses here, preferably something about our little place, but I have not come across anything. This is mainly about hiking trails and the like. Is there anything about a trail leading to town? Liv had started poking at the candle flame again, now more careful about the speed of the finger. We could maybe walk from here. Are you nuts? Katrine did not need to see out of the window to recall the storm they had been met with when they let themselves be persuaded to accompany Liv outside, so she so she could smoke her stolen cigarette. It would probably take days, we are much better off waiting here for the boat. After tomorrow we will only have two nights left and then the skipper will come and fetch us. She did not mention that this was subject to the whims of the sea. Liv shrugged. I'm not talking about hiking non-stop all the way to Istafandidur, if we had a map that pointed out some houses along the way, we could stay in them, hike from one to another, something like that. There are a lot of houses here in Hortatandidur, we would only need to know where they are, so we would not miss them. She picked up Putti's ball from the floor and threw it to him. He looked at it and moved away, giving it a very wide berth. Liv had brought the bowl with her from the other house, but the dog now seemed to avoid it like the plague, despite having played with it a lot in the first few days. Neither Katrin nor Kartar had told her how the bowl had rolled out of its own accord from under the stove the night before, and they had wickedly and they had watched her attempts to get the animal to take it. I don't understand why he does not want to play with the ball anymore. Until now, he never let it out of his sight. Liv looked surprised and hurt. She obviously felt that the dog had completely turned its back on her. Stop worrying about the dog, Gardar sounded angry, but Katrina knew that he probably found it just as uncomfortable as she did to watch the dog's reaction to the ball. They had suggested to leave that the toy must be giving off a weird smell that had got into the plastic somehow. Wow. And Katrin is right, there is no way we are walking from here. I bet it was precisely that idea that caused Hooker, the former owner, to disappear. He wandered off and died of exposure. There is no chance of us finding our way in the dead of winter to the few human habitations still standing here without a GPS tracker, which we don't have. And if we were to get lost, no one would think of looking for us until it was too late. We don't have working phones, remember? Of course I remember, if we had a phone, we would call the captain and have him come and get us. Liv was starting to grow more despondent. Her nicotine urge might have been irritating her, but she did not dare go out alone to satisfy it. I am just trying to come up with a solution, unlike some people. Kardar's expression was far from friendly as he glared into Liv's defiant eyes. Katrin shied to herself, now they would start quarrelling again just as they had when they were making their way over here but now it but now it felt angrier, more serious. She might have found it oddly comforting on the way but there was nothing appealing about it now. Come on Liv, she pushed the chair back from the heavy wooden dining table and stood up. I will go outside with you for your fag. We will just buy a bag and stuff on the and return it to the people along with the candles that we have to replace anyway. Liv smiled gratefully at her. At first, she seemed a bit surprised, as if she had hardly been expecting a friendly gesture on her part. Katrine, however, had not interested in talking. Katrine, however, had no interest in taking sides in these silly arguments, and felt the only thing for it was to try to nip them in the bud from the outset. If Liv got to smoke and Gardar got to flip through the book in peace, the atmosphere might lighten and Liv would forget her idea about walking to town. Thanks, you are a star, Liv was still smiling as she lit up. They stood close together in the frame of the open back door. It opened onto a sun porch like their own house, although this one was in far better shape. I would never have had the guts to stand out here alone. The snow continued to fall covering everything with a thick bl- white blanket. No problem. Katrin moved over a bit so that the smoke would not drift straight into her face. But be prepared to move but be prepared to move quick. But be prepared to move quick smart if we hear any noises out here. I will slam the door so fast you will risk being scratched. Don't worry, Leif blew out smoke and looked in surprise at the cigarette. Funny, she rolled it a bit in front of her face and stared as if in a trance at the glowing tip. I have not smoked since Inar died. Katrin had often wondered how Leif had managed to stop smoking at the time. It could not have been easy grieving for her dead spouse at the same time as battling her addiction. Was not it difficult to stop then? Liv took another drag and shook her head slowly. No, it was no problem. I was in so much shock afterwards that I could not eat for several days, let alone smoke. When I pulled myself together a bit, it was as if the ark had been taken away from me. Very strange, but that's how it was. Although Catherine generally got completely flustered whenever Inas death came up in conversation, there was something about the stillness and silence of the snowfall that loosened her tongue. Suddenly she was not afraid she might say something that would come across as insincere or tacky. Of course, it must have been horrible. I have often tried to imagine how things have been for you, but I just cannot. It was what it was. The snow seemed to have the positive effect on Liv. Generally, she was open, but now she seemed distracted. It was what it was. Catherine was not sure what she should say next. She hugged herself tighter to ward off the cold. Of course it is too late to say it now but I have never told you just how terribly sorry I am. I would have liked to console you but I never dared offer. I just hoped that you knew you knew you could always turn to me. It was so so terrible for you that I felt as if anything I said or did would just be trivial in comparison with what you were going through. I was such a late addiction. I was such a late addition to your group of friends that I still feel a bit like a gate crasher. Now that you have made me feel like that, it is just a kind of innate insecurity I have." Catherine breathed deeply. The air that filled her lungs was fresh and satisfying, although it was tinged with a slight smell of smoke. Maybe it was just contentment at having finally said what was on her mind that was making her feel so relaxed. Well, I hope that one day you will find another man you can love as much as you loved Inar. Liv had been amusing herself by puckering her lips and blowing out big clouds of smoke. She seemed to be flustered when Katrine finished talking and it was as if the smoke was going back into her lungs. She coughed slightly but then laughed a desolate laugh. Hopefully, I will find someone I can love more than I loved him what? Catherine did not know whether Liv was joking. Liv smiled at her, her expression sincere. Things were not going very well for me and Inar. You and Gardar must have noticed it. We would probably have divorced if he had lived. The last four years of our marriage were a complete disaster and I had had enough. Catherine did her best to hide her astonishment. We knew you had gone through some rough patches, but I just thought you had got over them by the time Inar died, you were absolutely devastated and I know that was no act. I was mourning for what had been, the Inar that I first met and the Inar that I married, not the man I lived with in the last few years. We could not stand being in each other's presence anymore. That's why I had no idea he had been undergoing medical tests for his heart. I had noticed a bottle of pills in the medicine cabinet, but we spoke so little to each other that I never asked about them. When we went to sleep on the night he died, we did not even say goodnight to each other. Of course, we could not have known that we would never see each other again, at least not in this life. I would have liked to have said goodnight at least, but that's how it was. We both got what we wanted, though in different ways we parted company. Catherine was still too shocked to be able to respond to this. No doubt she would have learned about this if she had opened herself up to live earlier. Shit was all she could think of to say. Yes, exactly shit. Leaf knocked ash of her cigarette and a large grey flag drifted slowly down among the snowflakes. It was almost worse than losing someone you loved. Of course I mourned him, but I also felt a little bit like the world's biggest hypocrite, having precisely wished he had gone to hell. She took her last track on the cigarette and the tip burned into the filter. Remember that girl at the funeral who cried and cried? Really pretty, dark-haired, wearing a grey outfit? No, I cannot say I do. Katrin had not paid much attention to anyone but Gardar, who had had a very difficult time saying farewell to his best friend. Does not matter, lift off the bird out into the night. She was his assistant. He had an affair with her for years, I think. She turned to Katrine. Actually, I don't think I know. Katrin's eyes were so wide that her eyelids edged. Did Gardar know about this? Liv shrugged, I suppose not, I think Inar was more interested in keeping it from him than from me. They were still friends, not like us. Liv moved away from the door and the train followed her example. Did not you try to patch things up at all? Our marriage has not been a bed of roses, but it has always been flexible. Katrin decided to let it all out just like Liv. Actually, the once always ends up being on me. I'm the one who compromises when it becomes clear that he is not going to try. Liv nodded, Yes, I know, Inar was the same. Of course, I tried everything I could at first. I made appointments for marriage counseling, but he never turned up. The session just changed into my own personal therapy, which actually helped me a lot. I became angry instead of being sad, and it is a much, much better feeling. She smiled conspicuously, stretched towards Katrine's ear, and whispered, "I even cheated on him. I even cheated on him in revenge, to even the score, one all." She leaned away from Katrine again, and her expression returned to normal. But then I broke it off, since it was pointless, and my motives were all fucked up. Inar never realized he was too busy with his own infidelity to notice what was he was too busy with his own infidelity to notice what I was doing behind his back. In fact I'm really happy things happened the way they did, but sometimes I wish I had told him before he died. I almost did once just to get back at him. Who was it? Anyone I know? Katrin was fairly familiar with a close-knit group of Inar, Lif and Gardar friends, to which she had been graciously admitted after she and Gardar had started seeing each other. Although Leif and Inar had made her feel quite welcome, the others were a different story, digning to talk to her only out of loyalty to Gardar. Katrine felt she could always read in their eyes, especially the women, that he was far too good for the likes of her. A non-entity, a teacher who was not particularly stylish or beautiful, she had no trouble imagining that some of the people in that happy little group would have had few clams about stealing each other's boyfriends or girlfriends. You don't know him. He is older than we are and we were not at all well suited. It was a mistake on my part." Liv smiled sadly at Katrine. I think I am better off with someone closer to my own age. Okay, Katrine had no idea what else to say. She felt slightly ashamed of her own curiosity, though it did not seem to bother Liv at all. In any case, she felt relieved when Liv said nothing further. Her news had got Katrine completely off guard. They walked silently back inside to Gardar, and Katrine prayed he would not start quarreling with Liv again. She needed peace and quiet to take in what Liv had said. Her worries proved unfounded. Guess what? Gardar had got further into the book, which he had moved closer to the candle's flickering flame. I have found a short section about our house. He placed his finger on the middle of the page. Here is a little bit about the women and the boy whose names are on the crosses. He did not seem to notice their silence in his own exi- in his own excitement. They droned just out there. He turned and pointed at the living room window through which nothing could be seen. It did not make any difference. They knew perfectly well in what direction the sea lay, and it was hard to draw on dry land. Did their boat sink? Katrin tried to appear interested. Though Leif and Anar's toxic relationship was occupying her mind entirely. No, no, the ice broke beneath them. Gardar shuddered with a sudden chill as he said this. It was winter and the fuzzard were It was winter and the facade was iced over. It says here that the boy had gone out onto the sea, onto the ice, which was not strong enough to hold him, though he was just a short distance from land. His brothers saw and went to get their mother, who tried desperately to save her child, but the ice broke beneath her as well. The two of them were already dead by the time rescuers managed to scramble out onto the ice on some boats they were buried in the cemetery it was the last funeral in history while people still lived here just as he said the last word the house was stripped by a huge blow that even the storm could not deaden thank you for joining me i hope you like it